Welcome to the sermon today. We are so glad that you could join us. Please um, enjoy. Look for more ways to connect with us at our website, www.firstfire-trinity.com. Enjoy and have a great day. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you. Can everybody hear me okay? All right. Oh, all right. Well, let me um, let me just jump right in. I was gonna. I'll give you the announcements at the at the end. We're starting a new series today, where we're talking about. We just lose. Can you still hear me? No. Yeah. You. Yeah. All right. Can you hear me now? Is that better? No. I'm getting thumbs down. That's so sad. All right. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? No, no. All right. Pam, can you hear me yet? Eh? All right. A little bit more, a little bit more. Check, check, check. All right. Got a thumbs up now. Okay. It just went out again. Didn't it? Did it just go out again? All right. All right. All right, is that better? All right, check, check, check. Can you hear me, Pam? All right, all right. Let's try this again. This week, we're starting a series talking about, um, it's gonna be called Pursuit. And we're talking about this, this reality that, um, that's twofold. One, that God pursues us. And... We're called to pursue or follow or chase after, seek after God. The uh, story we're going to kind of zoom in on for the next few weeks is the story of Jonah. And Jonah is a story about God pursuing Jonah. God also pursuing um, a people or a nation. It's a story about an invitation for Jonah to pursue God. But in this story, which feels a whole lot like our story, there's also another pursuit that's going on. And we're going to see that Jonah is pursuing other things in his life. These other things, um, we're going to talk about them as isms. All right. Um, and we're going to talk about them as idols. And there's things that Jonah lifts up above God that he pursues and it really messes with his life. So today, um, I want to give you an overview of the whole story of Jonah. Tell that real quickly. Um, I want to give you the main point that you're going to hear me say over and over and over again over the next few weeks. I want to go ahead and get that in front of us so we can be wrestling with that. And I want to talk a little bit about why this is so important today. So let's talk about re-remember the story of Jonah this morning. So Jonah begins. We only got four chapters. I encourage you um, to read this um, as soon as you can. Um, go home um, this afternoon, this week sometime and read this. Uh, by the way, Jonah is in the, the reading for the Grow at Home um, that's on the website that um, hopefully everybody's participating in. Um, Jonah's going to be coming up this uh, week 
Um, the, actually, next week, um, it's on the, the reading. But take some time, read the story. But here's the basics. Jonah's called by God, verse um, 1 of the first chapter. By verse 3, literally, like two verses later, Jonah's buying a ticket to go the exact opposite way. Jonah flees. God, verse 4, sends a wind to stop Jonah and the boat in its tracks. Jonah is sleeping underneath the ship, in the, the belly of the ship. Above, on the deck, the, the sailors, they cast lots to figure out who is the cause of the storm. Jonah gets pegged as the guy. By verse 15, Jonah's already into the sea. And by verse 17, God provides a great fish to swallow Jonah up. In, verse, in chapter 2, is all about a prayer. It's this long prayer that Jonah prays. In verse 8, in verse 8 of chapter 2, it says this, and this is our, our main point we're going to keep on coming back to. It says, those that cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Verse 10 of chapter 2, God commands the fish to spit Jonah back up onto the land. Um, depending on your translation that you read, um, some translations like the NIV uses the word vomit, which is a very descriptive picture of this, but Jonah is put back on the land. Verse, chapter 3 starts with the call coming again to Jonah to go to the Ninevites and preach to them. Jonah goes. We're going to see that it was a little bit begrudgingly um, by the time we get to chapter 4. In chapter 3, the whole nation of Nineveh repents from the king all the way down to the animals. And chapter 4, um, the best way to describe chapter 4 of Jonah, we're going to spend some time here, is that chapter 4 is Jonah being, um, what we call around our house, being angry pants. He just decides that he's going to get angry about everything that is happening. And he is complaining to God. He even goes as far as to complain to God. God, I, this is why I didn't want to go to Nineveh. These people repented. You showed compassion. I'm upset with you, God, because you showed our enemies compassion. And, and God deals with Jonah's anger. So that's a big picture of what's going on in the book. Let's go back to chapter 2. Let me talk about that a little bit more. Verse 8 of chapter 2. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit or give up sacrifice. Just lay down the grace that could be theirs. There's a bunch of idols that show up in the book of Jonah. Um, give me some grace here because I just took words and put ism, I-S-M, on the end of them to describe this because I didn't know what the best way to describe them. So we're going to talk about all these, but Jonah has um, some flea-ism because um, he runs away from God. He's got some asleep-ism um, because he's able somehow to ignore the current reality and just check out, even though there's a storm going on around him. There's a lot of I know, but I don't really know ism going on in Jonah's life. He knows the truth about who God is and he's the creator, but he still runs from him. There's defeatism. There is the phrase that comes up. You can almost hear it on Jonah's lips of it doesn't matter anyway. I just give up. 
Just go ahead and throw me into the water. Chapter 1. Chapter 4, he's wanting to die because he's just done with all of this. We're going to see in, throughout the book, we're going to see a lot of nationalism also, which comes from a deep place of me-ism. Jonah puts his nation above God simply because he puts himself above God. And then the last one, um, and this one actually was on the internet. So, and if it's on the internet, it's actually a real word. But this is a word I'm going to start using. Angerism. Like an idol of anger. And Jonah in chapter 4 would rather be angry than to be happy. And we in turn are going to talk through all of these over the next few weeks. The main point we need to hear this morning is this. If we hold up any idol, any self-generated idea, thought, devotion, and it's placed higher than God in our lives. Then when we do that, the thing that happens is we give up. We forfeit the grace, God's grace in our life that could be ours. We lose out. So if we're holding on to any ism, any idols in her life, then we're going to miss out on what God has for us. We're going to talk about the isms that are in the book, the idols that are in the book. We might extend out to a few others. But I, I need you to hear this today. I need all of us to hear this. If we don't deal with these idols, if I don't deal with the idols in my life, we are going to miss out at a root level on the very things, the good and the whole and the right things that God has for us. Why is this so important today? I think the reason this is so important today is because over the last few months, through all the things that have happened, are happening, continue to happen, the church has been exposed. The people of God have been exposed. We as individuals have been exposed. Because when there's a lot of life change that happens, and it comes at us quick, and it comes out as larger than normal. And here's, here's the reality, right? This is, this is what I've been talking to four or five people just this week about. Is there's enough change going on in the culture as a whole. In our world right now. And at the same time, people are, are dealing with crisis in their own lives. Of themselves or friends or family dealing with some sort of disease or something that's going on in their bodies or in their emotions or in their family. And that's on layered on top of all this other that's going on. And when that much change happens, it exposes and brings to the surface all the things that are, how do I say this? All the things we're holding on to, all the isms in our life, all the idols that we've lifted up, all the things that we're holding on to and lifting up above God. I know that I know that I know that there are things 
that we need to face in our lives as a church. And I think one of those is that there are idols that we have embraced as individuals, even as a church. And some of these reflect or are seen in Jonah's life. And if we embrace during these days and time, if we embrace these isms, these idols, then we're going to give up or forfeit the grace that could be ours. And right now, during this day and time, if we live lives that are defined by these idols, then our lives in this world become very impotent and very unfruitful. When people that are, are looking around and need to say, need the church, people that follow Jesus, to be places of peace and sanity and wholeness and goodness and a place of rest for them, if our lives are dominated by idols, about, by these isms, then people are not going to see Jesus because we're not going to be experiencing the grace that could be ours. God needs us to be our true selves in this world. He needs us to be our most true, good, and whole self. And that only happens when we are clinging to God's grace and holding on to it above all things. You see, grace is, a, is an invitation. It's, a, it's an opportunity. It's a gift that God offers to all people. But to, to embrace grace, we have to be willing to let go of the things that are entrapping us. You've probably heard this story before, but it's worth telling again. In South America, I only know this because I've read and heard this story so many times. I have not personally traveled to South America or participated in the activities I'm getting ready to tell you about. But in South America, when they want to trap a wild monkey, here's how they do it. They find a large termite hill. They take a gourd and they, they cut a hole in the top of that gourd just large enough for the monkey to stick its hand in. All right? Then they put something that the, the monkey wants, either some, some nuts or something sweet. And they bury it and pack it in really tight in the ground, the gourd. And the monkey comes along and the monkey sticks its hands down, or its hand down in this jar that it can barely fit. All right? And it grabs a hold of that sweet treat that is in there that it wants. And the monkey is so focused, so focused on that thing that it wants, that we're, let's call it what it is, an idol or an ism, that it's so focused that it allows itself to be trapped because it cannot let go because there's a singular focus that it has to hold on to that idol, to cling to that idol, even at the cost of its freedom. You see, grace is about letting go of these idols. And when we let go of these idols or these isms in our life, then we can experience the grace and the goodness and the wholeness that God has 
for us. But we can't do both. All right? We can't hold on to the idols and have our freedom. We can't, the, the, the two do not, cannot coexist. We choose one or we choose the other. This week, I invite you to do a couple things, maybe even three things. Two, for sure. Three, if you're really uh, ready to dive into this full force. The first thing is this. I want you to memorize Jonah 2.8. Just memorize it. Those that forfeit, those that cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Those that cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. That's like 12, 13, 14 words. But memorize Jonah 2.8. Commit it to memory. The second thing is this. Start praying that God will soften your heart so that you can face your idols. Pray prayers like this. God, I want to hear your truth even if it hurts. God, I want to hear your truth even if it hurts. And the third one, if you're, if you're really ready to dive headlong into this, pray this. God, Start to reveal to me the idols and the isms and the things that I pursue above you. And help me to let go of them so I can experience your grace and your freedom. As we go through this over the next few weeks, if, if, right, we all have a choice here. We all have a choice. We're going to be faced with these moments where we're going to look inside at our hearts and God's going to show us clearly, you are holding on to that. You're building that thing up. You're putting that above me. And in those moments, we're going to have a choice to either hold on and keep a hold of that, that sweet thing that we think is going to bring us happiness and be entrapped the whole time. Or we're going to be willing to let it go and enjoy the freedom and the love and the mercy and the grace that God intends for us to live in. One more thing as we close this morning. If this week you also decide to read through the book of Jonah, I want you to look at one thing, and we'll return to this next week, but just so you can discover it for yourself. Look at the verbs that come after God's name through the book of Jonah. Things like God called, God spoke, God provided, and there's, there's some others that are there. Even in the midst of Jonah being caught up in all of these idols, all of these isms, God's pursuit of him does not stop. It does not stop because he wants Jonah to experience grace at its deepest level. He wants people, because Jonah experiences God's grace, he wants other people around Jonah to experience his grace. 
Let's pray together this morning. Father, I ask that you will help us to see your grace. I pray that you will help us to know what we're holding on to in that jar. The thing that we don't want to let go of because we're scared and fearful that if we let that go, we won't be alive anymore. But whatever it is that has us trapped, help us to let go of it so that we can experience your grace to the fullest in real and tangible and concrete ways. Let us experience your grace in the days ahead. Use this series, use the story of Jonah, use us memorizing this verse, use the prayers we pray to change us and to shape us and mold us to be not only your individual people, but collectively your people in this world so that we can offer your grace and your peace, your truth and your love and your mercy to the world. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.